Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Families Podcast. Today presented by me, Michael Gillett, and as ever, I am joined by Marcus Alley. Hello everyone, uh, hope you're well, Michael. Thank you very much, as for you. Uh, and today we'll be talking about the free ATP Tour tournaments that have been in action this week. So we'll start off with the biggest tournament of the week, which is uh, St. Petersburg in Russia. It's a 500 tournament, uh, which is the level below a Masters event. So it's uh, still quite a big tournament for them. Uh, and uh, we had some quite big results coming from it this week. Uh, the biggest one probably being the upset of Daniel Medvedev, uh, the number one seed, the world number six, a former US Open finalist. He went out to Riley Opelka in the second round. And that was actually, uh, yeah, no, sorry, it was Medvedev's second match. Um, and we've got two semi finals set up. Opelka has since gone out. Uh, the semi finals will be Borna Choric against Milos Ronic and Andre Rublev and Denis Shapovalov. So if we look at today's quarterfinals, starting from top to bottom, uh, Borna Koric, who obviously had that really good US Open, I believe he made the quarterfinals there. He has beaten Riley Opelka 7-6-6-3. Um, considering Opelka had come off a really big win over Medvedev, um, good to see a player like Borna Koric, who we have questions a little bit over time, maybe not quite achieved what you should have done, but what, what, did you, what have you made of this week, Marcus? Yeah, I'm really impressed. I mean... The, particularly the win against Opelka today, I think that's a really good win. Definitely a really, really tricky opponent. And some of the shots he was hitting against Daniil Medvedev, I mean, you know, some immense winners, particularly on match point in that match. He definitely came into the into the game in some good form. Obviously, Chorich has had a difficult last couple of years, but to win it in straight sets and um, get past Opelka is very impressive. And potentially this, um, the style and the big serving style of the American might have prepared him quite well for the challenge of Minos Raonic in the semi-final. Of course, the Canadian um, has done quite well post-lockdown, got to the final of the Western Southern Open before being disappointed in the US Open, but has shown in sort of glimpses that the uh, the old player that got to that Wimbledon final um, a few years back is still in there. So it's an interesting match, um, quite a big uh, contrast in, in styles here. However, I think Corich might just pip Raonic. Um, bit optimistic given given Chorich's form over the last couple of years as I've said but I think maybe this one will go the distance and I'll go Chorich just to pip Milos Raonic. Yeah it's an interesting matchup it's two players that um, have, have fallen a little bit since what we we thought was coming from them but since restart uh, they both had quite good success. Koric, uh, just looking at his US Open record now, and of course had that massive five-set win over Stefan Tsitsipas, um, and then went on to beat in the fourth round Jordan Thompson in straight sets, which is, and to do that in straight sets is is impressive, and then took a set off the, the eventual finalist, Verev, in the quarterfinal. Um, didn't do so well on the clay, but I think we can we can probably expect that from Choric. And uh, Milos Reinich, of course, uh, made the final of that Cincinnati Masters, that first event back, uh, and took the first set off Novak Djokovic in that final. So I think two players that will really be enjoying their tennis again since the restart. I probably would agree with you. I would probably favour Chorich, though um, 
Ryanich did have a, an impressive uh, straight sets win today over Karen Hatchinoff, who looked very good at the US Open. So um, yeah, could be could be a close one that one. And just moving on to our other semi-final, so it's Andre Rublev against Denis Shapovalov. Um, Denis Shapovalov with a very impressive win today over uh, Stan Mavrinka, winning that six four seven five, and Andre Rublev beating Cameron Norrie, who. Uh, who was having a good tournament, beating uh, Taylor Fritz and Miramir Kekmanovic. Um, but both of them did those in straight sets. Um, I picked Rublev to win the tournament, um, and I'll be hoping for that to come through in mine and Marcus's uh, little tournament. But um, yeah, Marcus, what do you make of this semi-final? Rublev, Shapovalov, I think this is quite a hard one to call. It's a very intriguing one. I mean, if you'd... I mean, we both predicted this to be a uh, semi-final. And um, if you asked me this at the start of the week, I would have said, yeah, easily Andre Rublev. But having seen how easily uh, Denis Shapovalov has, has beaten Stan Wawrinka in straight sets, although he did go in favour, and uh, I do feel like Stan might be sort of picking and choosing the tournaments where he really puts his heart and soul into it. That's still an awesome win, really. To I've been someone that said um, Shapovalov has had a bit of an inflated ranking, and I still do believe that. I think he should be firmly inside the top 20, but I feel like uh, 11, which I think he is, 11 or 12, is is still quite high. If you're getting results to get like that against former slam champions in Vavrenka, then it's, it's hard to argue that he, don't, um, that he doesn't deserve to be the second seed in this tournament and that high up. Obviously not dropping a set compared to Rublev, who struggled in the second round and had to really battle against Ugo Umber. Uh, he, he won the final set 7-5 in that match, and it was a was a really good battle. I I, um, I tuned in to watch the last set in that match, having seen how close it was, and Umber really was playing well. Um, you'd have to say probably more of a player suited to the clay courts, even though he has had successes on, on, on the hard courts in the last year, but not someone you'd expect to be pushing Rublev as far as he did. But he came through that challenge and then passed the Cameron Norrie test in flying colours, which really does look like a good win, considering that Norrie um, had beaten players of the calibre of, of Taylor Fritz and Miamir Kecmanovic in the opening rounds, which are very good achievements in themselves. So Norrie was really uh, informed going into that match and he only picked up three games in the whole match. So I think that says a little bit to uh, how well Rublev is playing. He's, of course, he's got the home crowd behind him. So I will have to stick to my guns and go Rublev in this one, uh, Rublev, to get to the final. You'd have to say he is the tournament favourite now in the absence of Daniil Medvedev. Um, so yeah, I'll go go for Andre Rublev in that one. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on both semi-finals for that one. Korich and Rublev, uh, whoever wins out of Denis Shapovalov and Rublev will go into the final, the favourite, as those two are the the highest seeds. But I do think with those four semi-finalists, they're all quite evenly matched. I would say so. I think any one of those four could probably win the tournament. Um, so we'll now move on to Cologne, uh, which was the 250 tournament played in Germany, um, led by Alexander Zverev, um, who I stupidly put to go out quite early in my predictions to Filip Krajinovic, who I had to win it. And uh, Krajinovic lost in the first round to Steve Johnson, so not my best pick there. Um, Alexander Zverev still in the tournament. Um, got to a semi-final today, uh, beating uh, George Lloyd Harris of South Africa, although he, he struggled to do it. He did lose the second set, 
did get for a third set, uh, six love. Harris had had a, an impressive week before that, beating Kyle Edmund and Steve Johnson, who had knocked out uh, the indoor specialist in Krajinovic. So, um, some good wins. So, a good week that for George Harris, uh, who is ranked as low as 92nd. Um, he's still fairly young, I think about 23. Um, so, yeah, but a, a good win for Zverev. And he will face uh, a youngster who's had a brilliant week in uh, Davinovich Fokina, who um, shined earlier on in the US Open. He reached the, uh, the fourth round of the US Open, really enjoying his, um, his return to tennis. And uh, this week he defeated uh, Marin Cilic in the second round, a really impressive win uh, against the former Grand Slam champion and finalist. Uh, so that semi-final will be Alexander Zverev against Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. I think we would definitely agree that Fokina goes into it as favourite. Uh, sorry, we would both agree that Zverev would go into it as favourite, but would you give um, Fokina a chance, Marcus? I do give him a chance for sure. Um, he's a real battler from from what I've seen in in this week so far. I was a setting a breakdown against Chilich and uh, managed to bring it back. Um, so yeah, and, and this is definitely one of the, along with um, coming back after after lockdown, you've def- you've definitely noted down that David Davidovich Fokina can sort of mix it up and uh, play well on the hard courts as well. Um, predominantly coming through as a youngster, someone that I had sort of pigeonholed a bit too narrowly as a clay court player. This is his second um, ATP Tour semi-final. His first one was on a clay court in, in uh, Estoril last year. Um, so coming up against Zverev, I mean, it's a massive, massive test. But he will come in with, uh, it's not really a free hit, but um, there's no expectation on his shoulders. Um, you know, he, he comes into the game with nothing to lose. And obviously Zverev with that home crowd and it's a 250 tournament, which I don't think Zverev really... Well, we'll be playing that match of in in the next. Well, if he if he continues to sustain his ranking, you know, seven in the world, you don't often see them playing two fifties. Um, so there's a there's a lot to lose for Zverev and not a lot for Davidovich Fakina. So could be a good match. I'll have to say I do think um, Sasha Zverev will win this one. You know, he's come through a couple of tests against Vadasco and Lloyd Harris, um, both losable, I suppose you could say, but tests that we expected him to come through. Um, and yeah, I think Davidovich Rukina has had three tough matches really against Denis Novak, Cilic and Emil Rusevori, who we like the Finnish youngster in the first round. So I'm going to have to go Sasha Zverev in this one. I don't really think the Spaniard's got enough to live with him if he can bring his best game. Yeah, I'd have to go for Zverev. Uh, they played their first and only meeting uh, last month at the US Open in the fourth round, and uh, it's very one six two six two six one. So um, that's very one-sided in favour of Zverev. I think it is important to remember. Um, you say Davidovich Fokina might be more of a, or you've always pigeonholed him. I think there's a term used as a, as a clay court player, but I believe he's a Wimbledon junior champion uh, of a couple of years ago. So um, I think there's great signs for Davidovich Fokina at the age of uh, 21 that uh, he could be quite a good all-round player and he, he has had a good few months. Um, going on to the other semi-final. So Felix auger Aliassime uh, got into this semi-final earlier. He absolutely smashed Radu Albot, 6-3, 6-love. 
and that's a, a fantastic result for the Canadian youngster. Uh, and he will face uh, the winner of uh, her cash against Roberta Bautista. Uh, they've literally just started at the time of recording. Um, it's juice in the first game on her cash's serve. So um, I think we probably would assume that Bautista will be favourite for that, but we don't know. Um, we'll, we'll focus on Felix for now. Um, a really good win against Raduel, but I think I know you watched some of this, Marcus, um, and backed it up, uh, backed up by another really uh, convincing win in the first round against Larkson and not an as highly ranked player, but it um, looks like it's a, a good week for Felix on the clay. On the hard court, you mean? Um, yeah, no, he's definitely picked up this week, um, fighting, you know, to make that last four, which he hasn't done in quite a few weeks. You know, there's been a significant drop-off this year, I'd have to say, after Felix burst onto the scene. Seeing sort of uh, Denis Shapovalov, his compatriot, steal his limelight a little bit in pushing the top 10 compared to how Felix has been playing. So it's been refreshing to see him uh, make his way into the a semi-final quite in quite straightforward fashion. Um, also, just to throw a little spanner in the works, it's quite hard to preview this match, but I do think whoever ends up reaching the final to play, as I've predicted, Sasha Zverev, I do think they'll win. I know that's going back on my own predicted draw from the previous episode and saying that I had things very will win. I had him in the final with Bautista Agut, but no, I'm having to backtrack and rethink that a bit. I think should Bautista come through this test against Hercash, he'll probably be narrow favourite against Auger Aliassime. However, this Canadian is very capable um, and will have had more time to recover, of course. So that's going to be a title, but I think semi-final between um, Felix and one of these two, uh, we'll, we'll have our winner of the title in this in this uh, that part of the draw. Um, but yeah, a bit a bit hard to uh, preview this semi-final as we uh, await the result of her cash versus Bautista Agut. Yeah, no, I beg your pardon. There, I did mean uh, the indoor hard courts. Got a couple of the German two fifties uh, done on clay. So that's one. Yeah, a bit confused. I think that really shows as to why Felix Auger Aliassime is playing well because he does struggle on the clay court. Um, but yeah, no, um, interesting prediction from you. I can definitely see where you're coming from because I think Zverev uh, does seem to struggle a little bit with the pressure on him, and I still think that US Open final defeat uh, is is going to impact him for a long time, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I think I think on an indoor court and with the way he's playing, I I would make Auger Aliassime the favourite for this one. Um, he, I'd, I'd back him against Bautista Agut. Yeah, um, so I'm going to go for Auger Aliassime to win that semi-final, uh, regardless of who he's against. Uh, and Hakashi and Bautista are still in that first game. There. Uh, so we'll move on to the third and final tournament of the week, uh, number 250. This one is on the clay courts. Uh, and this is in Sardinia in Italy. It's um, a new tournament added in due to the, um, the, well, just getting the tour back underway following the pandemic. Um, an interesting semi final lineup here. Um, we haven't got any of the seeded players making the semi finals. Uh, number one seed Fognini pulled out injured, so was replaced by a lucky loser uh, Petrovic, who, despite being a lucky loser, has made his way to the semi-finals. And he will face Marco Cecinato, who me and Marcus both 
pick to get to the final this week, despite being a, a wild card, having that really impressive record on clay. Um, he's had a couple of tough battles against uh, fellow Italian Marger and uh, Albert Ramos in the most recent round. We have to come through in three sets in both of them. Uh, so, yeah, he will face uh, Danilo Petrovic, a player I can't say I know a lot about, but um, as I say, he came in as a lucky loser and he's got two straight sets victories against Cobales Buena and Delbonis. So I think really backing up that theory that the lucky losers can just play with without any weight on their shoulders and, and tend to do quite well from it. Yeah, definitely. The surprise of the week in, in, in the tournament in Italy, you know, 166 in the world and he's 28 and we haven't really heard anything from him in, in his career when suggests he's, he's possibly at his peak already or, or just moving out of it maybe. Um, yeah, a little pat on the back for us with uh, Cecchinato making the semi-final as a, as a wild card. He did save a match point in his first match against Gianluca Maggiere, so equally we could have been uh, completely off the, off the track um, with our finalists going out in the first round. But to the semi-final, he's, he's made his way there. You know, Albert Ramos, quite a difficult opponent um, to get past, you know, an experienced clay court player just as Cecchinato is. But Obviously, we're talking about a former French Open semi-finalist playing against 166 in the world. Um, you know, we do see these mazy runs from players away outside the top 100 in, in, in 250s. Um, you'd have to say quite regularly. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to have to stick with my guns. I think, uh, yeah, this will be the end of the road for Petrovic. And um, on paper, you'd have to say it's Cecchinato's easiest game of the tournament um, so far. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed uh, for the points on tennisdrawchallenge.com. It'll be Marco Cecchinato through that semi-final, quite simply, I'd say. Yeah, I'm just looking up um, Petrovic now. Actually, doing doing my research that I probably should have done pre-pod. Um, he's not, he's very much not a player who uh, has has been around on the challenge at all for a long time and has just sort of winged his way to a, a, a 250 semi. His, his progression up the rankings is very slow and gradual, actually. He's been in the top 100 since the end of last year. Um, but his ranking, if you sort of scroll up through the week, sort of gradually just has got better and better. Um, it got to a high of 156, which was just a few weeks ago. Um, now just dropped a little bit to 166. But... Um, Despite being 28, perhaps in the words of our good friends, uh, Luke Munt, a bit of a, a late developer um, and, and playing the best tennis of his career. But um, as a lucky loser and with those two results behind him, I think he'll, he'll fancy himself to challenge Cecchinato. But yeah, I completely have to agree with you. Um, I think Cecchinato will win that one. Um, just going on to the second semi-final now. Uh, that is the 18-year-old Lorenzo Massetti, who um, really impressed us uh, a few weeks ago, beating Stan Ravrinka and Kai Nishikori in straight sets at the Rome Masters. Um, he then went on to win an, a challenger the week after, uh, so really backing that performance up. And so far this week, he has not dropped a set. He's beaten clay court specialist Pablo Cuevas. Uh, who at one time I would have said was inside the world's top 20 or 30 players on a clay court. Um, a slightly easier second round match against Andrea Pellegrino. 
Sounds like a football manager to me. Um, winning that one quite easy. And then a really good win today uh, against Hampman, who, despite being ranked 101, has looked very good in the last few weeks, uh, making the final of Kitzbühel and uh, beating Casper Root, who was the player that both me and Marcus picked to win this tournament. So um, a, a good week for Hampman, but uh, he was being very comfortably 6-2-6-4 by uh, Lorenzo Massetti. So I think this... It could very well be, I think, I'll say this now, when I, I know, Marcus, you said pre-pod that you, you're sort of thinking along the same lines. I think this really could be a a debut career title at the age of 18 for Lorenzo Massetti. I think Marco Cecchinato will be a very tough opponent in the final if that's who he places. But um, I, I think he'll go on to, to win this. He plays uh, Laszlo Gere, uh, who also has a drop to set, but uh, potentially some slightly easier matches. Uh, Samit Nagao, a tough one against Duzan Lajevic, and then uh, Yuri Vaseli in the quarterfinal. Uh, he is a title winner himself, so two players who will fancy themselves to win this. I'm going to go Massetti. Uh, what, what do you think, Marcus? Uh, first and foremost, I think that this match, this uh, second semi-final in Sardinia, could rival Rublev versus Shapovalov as, as the best-to-watch semi-final that we're we're previewing. I really do think it's a good matchup. You know, you've got Jero, who's already got a uh, 500 title on clay under his belt. However, has flat to, to deceive a little bit since winning that um, that title a couple of years ago. And then Massetti, the new man on the block. You know, we could have an 18-year-old who's ranked 143 in the world win an ATP Tour title, which I definitely haven't seen in in quite a long time. So, very, very exciting youngster in Lorenzo Massetti, definitely. Uh, tune in if, if if you get the chance to watch him because it looks like there could be big things on the horizon for him. Um, having said that, looking into who's going to win it, it really is a mouthwatering account. I'm going to try and watch a bit of this tomorrow morning. Um, and yeah, with the potential of an all-Italian final in Sardinia is quite romantic. So I am going to go with Musetti. I'll go Musetti in three sets, but I do think Jerry will put up a good fight. He's a good player, particularly on clay. Um, so this will be probably the toughest match of the tournament so far for Musetti. Um, you know, he's beating Cuevas was good, but that Uruguayan, he's on the way out a little bit. doesn't show up in uh, as regularly as as he used to. And then Hanfman was an impressive win. You know, the Germans been playing very well in recent weeks, as you said. So I'll go Musetti in three. And um, yeah, that nice all-Italian final. Well, I'll go a little bit different for once. I'll go Massetti in two. Um, we're just noticing something interesting about Massetti. Uh, pretty much since uh, lockdown, when he's been playing his tennis, all of the events he's played have been inside of Italy on the clay court. So, of course, very exciting that he's 18, he's coming through, he's getting these results. But I think at some point he's going to have to start playing the, the top events on, on different surfaces and outside of his home country because I think the travelling on tour is one of the biggest things that takes its toll on players and um, it looks like he hasn't had a whole lot of that yet so it'll be interesting to see after this week you know hopefully for his sake he goes on and wins the title but um, I think it would be nice certainly in 2021 for him to start sort of pushing his boundaries out a little bit and um, expanding his, his horizons. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, the roundup on the three tournaments, uh, St. Petersburg, Cologne and Sardinia. Just an update on that Hercash-Bautista quarterfinal 
in Cologne. Uh, Batista has already broken her cash and needs 2-1 with a break. Uh, and in the next part of the podcast, we will do our favourite bit, Guess the Player, where I will be asking Marcus this week. Okay, now time for Guess the Player. Uh, As I said in the last part, I am asking Marcus. I've got six clues for you, Marcus. Uh, We'll start off with number one because that's. Say again? Generous. Yeah, six clues. You'll probably get it before. I don't know. Um, We'll start off with number one because that is always helpful. Um, My career high ranking is 33. But I have never won an ATP title. Never won a title, 33. Ooh. <laughs> Vegas always. Uh, let's go for Julian Beneteau. <laughs> I like it. Uh, no. Whatever happened to Julian Beneteau? He's about I 40, think he I think. Might... I want to say that Julian Beneteau might have got into the world's top... top... 20. I'm going to look this up. I think he got quite high. Um, it is not Julian Beneteau. Um, Julian Beneteau's highest ranking was 25. So you were very close, to be fair. Um, clue number two. I am from a country that is not in Europe or North America. Interesting. So that narrows down what country he's from, but uh, not not so much. Yeah, so you got South America, Asia, Australasia, Africa, Antarctica. Top 33, ooh, let's go for Thomas Bellucci. Good shout. You seem to be going for the... <laughs> The players that have fallen a little bit. Uh, no, it's not Thomas Bellucci, but uh, a good a good guess. I like it. Uh, clear number three is very much sort of if you remember these matches from the last few months, so could give it away or it could leave you clueless. Uh, Francis Tiafo and Pablo Carreño Busta knocked me out of the US Open and French Opens, respectively. Ooh, so Tiafo in the US and Carreño Busta in the French. I don't religiously know those draws, sadly. Um, well, I thought because you, you like Tiafo, don't you? So I, I did think that you might have remembered Tiafo, maybe. But uh, uh, maybe if it was a little bit closer. Corona Buster in the French was only last week. No, I'm really not sure. I'm going to have to guess on his country again. Um, let's go for an Australian. What about Jordan Thompson? Well, it is not Jordan Thompson. A good guess, though. I think the, the facts line up quite well to that. Clue number four. At the 2018 US Open... I beat the man who won it 10 years prior. Love that. Okay. Th- oh, yeah. I fancy myself with this one. Is it John Millman? Correct. You know what? I thought um, 
putting that I beat the man who won it 10 years prior, I thought you would be thinking that was someone who beat Del Potro. So I was thinking that maybe, because Del Potro was 09, not 08. And um, yeah, John Millman, of course, beat Roger Federer. My clue five was going to be that man was Roger Federer. Because uh, I knew that would probably give it away to him. I did have clue six in as I'm an Aussie, just because I never liked to see you fail. Yeah. But, uh, Andy Murray's first Grand Slam final, it was 2008, losing to Federer, US. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that sounds right. And um, yeah, so Federer, Federer actually won that tournament. I saw when I was doing my thing for this, he won it five years in a row from a. Uh, Oh, it would be oh four or oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, and has never won it since. He just won it in a five-year block, uh, and then has never won that one since. But yeah, that was your guest of player this week, uh, John Millman. Good guessing from Marcus. Getting it on clue four, Thanks. and not to be bought into the Del Potro trap that I'd set. Um, well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back at the end of this week or the beginning of next uh, to discuss the winners of the three events. We've made our predictions today quite confidently, but I'm quite sure we will not be right in most of them. But uh, yeah, I'll um, pass it back to you, Marcus. Yeah, we've got uh, two tournaments um, to look forward to next week in uh, Antwerp and uh, Germany again. <laughs> Another tournament in uh, <laughs> In Cologne, so I look forward to talking about them next week and yeah, just reacting to the three winners of, of these tournaments. Hope you've enjoyed. Thank you very much, guys.